Guys, good to be with you on a Friday afternoon. My name is Jerry Miller. Good afternoon. Thank you kindly for joining us. It's a pleasure to connect with you through the I Love Seville Network. It's just our joy and absolutely our pleasure to chat with you guys each day from 1230 to about, I don't know, what do you say, about 2 o'clock. Sometimes. A lot of days, Judah. Um, today's show is going to be dynamic and informative. Please bear with me as my, my voice is not 100%. I feel 100% healthy, but this is just a byproduct of using your voice in this kind of, um, this kind of what would the word be, Judah? This um, kind of uh, tenacious style, if yeah. you may. This kind of... Uh, aggressiveness and consistency. Today's show is presented by Scott Wagner of Scott Wagner Integrated Medicine. Take a look on screen for some of the headlines we're going to be talking about today. I want to offer some reaction from the school board meeting last night. I was impressed with the teachers that were there um, and, and really showing full force that collective bargaining was something that was important to them. I've said once, and I'll say it again, I think the teachers in Almora County deserve um, not only a seat at the table, but they deserve to help influence policy and they deserve to help influence compensation and how they're treated within this school system. And this really is, is, is a priority with Charlottesville City undoubtedly becoming a collective bargaining school system. We'll also talk about the sale of Jefferson Vineyard today with some perspective from front of the program, Neil Williamson. He offered very valuable perspective on Real Talk with Keith Smith this morning. We will play a highlight clip from that show where Neil Williamson offered the nitty-gritty of, of that sale. There's the owner of Tillman's right there and Tonic walking by. Um, Courtney just walked by. She's absolutely fantastic. Judah Wickhauer is our director. Um, Bill McChesney says yes. Scott Aaronworth is eating his way across town. Um, he literally is doing that right now. I think his next stop on the train is the pie chest. Um, I'm going to do my best to try to persuade Scott Aaronworth to come live on the show. It's his birthday on Sunday. He's a friend of the program. Happy he birthday. also uses his voice regularly as an attorney. So he understands the difficulty that I'm in right now. So maybe he wants to jump in and help carry the burden for us. Um, all right, we'll respect your uh, anonymity over here, Scott Airworth. Let's go to a two-shot and welcome Judah Wickhauer to the program. Um, Judah, I counted somewhere between 60 and 75 teachers at the school board meeting last night wearing red, Hmm. showing their um, commitment to collective bargaining. I haven't had an opportunity to ask your take on a union and teachers in public schools. I, I think, think this is a must, but what's your, yeah. what's your take, my friend? I think, uh, you know, if, it's, if that's what the teachers want, then that's definitely... Uh, it's definitely a good thing. I, I think unions are, uh, uh, they can go either way, but uh, done right, I think they're a great tool for helping, uh, helping workers get, uh, uh, get the pay and the, um, what's the word? Um, Leverage, influence. Yeah. But, seat and, at the table. Yeah. There goes but also, the mayor, Lloyd Snook. But also just, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, like uh, st the stuff that most people get at work, like, uh, you know, health and dental and stuff like that. Uh, I think... Uh, well, the teachers already have that. Okay. The teachers uh, have uh, health coverage, dental yeah. coverage, vision coverage. But I mean, coverage. I'm, I'm talking, about, uh, talking about in general. Uh, they're a good way of, of helping people get... Uh, what they need from a job. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think primarily this is what um, the union's going to do. And it's going to be an item added to the agenda at the next school board meeting. Um, look, let's cut to the chase. Elmore County is hurting right now. Um, the school system's hurting. It's hurting for, it's hurting because of violence. It's hurting because of attrition with staff. It's hurting because of a school bus driver shortage. It's hurting because of a lack of leadership from Dr. Haas and his cabinet. Um, it's hurting because public schools have become a political landmine. Um, it's hurting because of curriculum concerns. 
It's hurting because students are heading to private schools. And if we're not careful, this school system is going to start losing its prestige and its pedigree and its performance um, standards. And the fastest way to lose these standards is to have teachers quit and do things like go to private schools or find completely different career paths. When Charlottesville City um, empowered their teachers, they're doing it now through a union. It's an invisible line that no one knows. Why would you stay at Almaro County if you could just take a job at Charlottesville and have better working conditions, better compensation, better perks? It's this time. is a bit this of a is turnaround, done. isn't it? We're What's usually that? we're usually talking about people leaving Charlottesville and heading to the out outside, out, heading heading to the counties rather than the other way around. But um, just goes to show that uh, you never can tell. I don't think a lot of the teachers at Charlottesville City um, are living in the city of Charlottesville. Just right. like I don't think a lot of the teachers in Almar County are living in Almar County. No, I didn't specifically mean teachers. I just meant in, in general. We've been talking a lot about uh, stuff leaving Charlottesville and and heading to cheaper areas. And um, we've certainly seen an exodus of people because of affordability issues in the city. Um, I want to dot the I's and cross the T's on what I saw yesterday. I saw um, a group of teachers. That is that that are more galvanized than ever before. I want to commend the leadership on what they're doing. What I'd like to see from Almaro County teachers before I go to the next topic is even greater engagement at these meetings. Hmm. I'd like the teachers to come out in force where we're seeing hundreds of teachers at the school board meeting as opposed to between 60 and 75. Yeah. Um, I want to commend people like Mary McIntyre for fighting the fight and I follow her on Twitter we text from time to time and she has indicated that leading this charge oftentimes is more rewarding personally to her than maybe teaching in a classroom wow. and that is a bittersweet comment no doubt. I think it really puts things in perspective I think if if teachers have an ability to unionize I think you'll see them have this seat at the table, and you may see a fresh perspective with teachers in the classroom. Let's cut to the chase. Many are burnt out. They're overworked, and they're underpaid. And now that Charlottesville has allowed unionization or is in the process of doing it, if Almaro doesn't follow suit, folks are going to quit. And I'm talking with the ones firsthand that are ready to do this if this union doesn't become a reality. So it's time for the school board to realize this is the nitty-gritty, and this is the nature of things. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, um, when the writing is on the wall, you'd best get to reading. Um, if, the, <clears throat> if the teachers are, are letting the, uh, the school board know what they, what they want and need, then um, they'd, they'd best listen because otherwise they're going to end up with some serious problems. Exactly. Um, so I applaud Almaro County. And their teachers. Now, I want to cover the Jefferson Vineyards sale. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Jefferson Vineyards sold for just under $12 million. We talked about it yesterday, and immediately it turned into an article in the Daily Progress. Neil Williamson on Real Talk with Keith Smith covered this really well. Do you have that sound? Yeah. <coughs> Let's play that sound in three, and two, and one. Um, the purchase that Keith so wonderfully referenced was the acquisition of Jefferson Vineyards and, uh, more importantly, the associated acreage, um, which some of which was already under conservation easement, uh, but it was acquired by the Thomas Jefferson Foundation, uh, which owns the uh, presidential estate Monticello. Uh, some folks, not many local folks, but some folks seem to believe that's a national park. It's not. It's privately owned by a 501c3 organization, the Thomas Jefferson Foundation. Um, the foundation and the Free Enterprise Forum have had differing views over the years regarding property rights. Um, the foundation believes that it is, criti it is uh, critically important that they um, have the view as Thomas Jefferson would have seen it from his Monticello to Charlottesville. Um, the Free Enterprise Forum says that'd be great, buy it. 
um, because you really shouldn't be trampling on other people's property rights. Um, and so the, that conflict uh, has been 20 years going. Um, and they, the foundation actually provided really aggressive language to begin with in the 2015 Albemarle County Comprehensive Plan that was uh, suggesting that there be a checkoff box every time there was a land use decision that was within the Monticello viewshed that Monticello had been consulted. Um, we find that to make them a super citizen. What other pri private property owner has that right? There's none. There's none, and there should be none. Right. There is still some of that, those vestiges of the language still exist in the 2015 plan. We are now in the midst of AC44. Um, this is the comprehensive plan program for Albemarle County. There is phase two kicks off Monday. Um, I have been selected, uh, I think they took everybody, which is why I think I was selected, uh, to be a part of the phase two program um, and to be uh, one of the stakeholders and to share my experience with my cohort of folks through the blog and through other meetings and these types of media appearances. Um, I'm hopeful that as one of their big ideas for this comp plan, they're talking about equity. Well, if one private property owner has a zoning designation that no other private property owner has, is that equitable? Um, it's funny, I, 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 I'm cheering the purchase of Jefferson Vineyards and the assorted acreage. I also cheered when Monticello bought Mount Alto, which used to be known as Browns Mountain. And um, I understand some law students over the years had some really good parties up on Browns Mountain. <laughs> Not that I'd ever been there to do that. There's no photographic evidence either. Um, but um, And if there was, it was photoshopped. Yes, Mount Alto is, uh, was acquired in 2004. And at the time, uh, Dan Jordan, who was, the, uh, who was the president of the foundation, said, it's a very expensive approach to view shed protection. But we're not in the real estate business, but we had to save our view shed to protect a community landmark. And they spent the money. It sounds like they're in the real estate business. Well, they are in they, the real estate they, business. Well, they seem to buy them. They own that whole section of, of, of the county. So what, what is, I didn't get a chance to read your blog, so I apologize. So what, and what is their intent with it? Are they going to run it as they, a vineyard or? The winery in all media accounts that I've reviewed has deferred to the foundation. The foundation has said they do not have any current plans to change anything. Um, the staff will remain. The winery will remain. That's the current plans. But they own it now. They can do whatever they want with it. That's The idea is if you want to protect the view shed, buy, buy it. it. Yeah. That's Neil Williamson, guys, the president of the Free Enterprise Forum, offering fantastic perspective on the sale of Jefferson Vineyards. And if you want even more insight, I would encourage you to go to the Free Enterprise Forum and read the post he did this morning. Um, if you noticed after yesterday's show, when we let the community know that Jefferson Vineyard had been sold, the daily progress about... I don't know, three hours after the program, publish an article on it. Um, so we will continue to relay information to you that I think is um, important and valuable. Um, this community is so loaded with fantastic info that um, I think a lot of it's overlooked. And we, we highlighted yesterday the uh, opening next week of Black Cow. Uh, Chop House, yeah. and front of the program, Scott Aaronworth had an opportunity to see it firsthand yesterday. And I want to highlight this: that Midtown area is thriving. Um, and and Midtown was let's cut to the chase, invented by Maya Restaurant, Christian yeah. Kelly and Peter Castiglione by Continental Divide. But the mayor of Midtown has become Daniel Kaufman. And Daniel Kaufman on Wednesday is going to have three businesses yeah. within spinning distance of each other. Yeah. Those three businesses, Public Fish and Oyster, The Bottle House, and Black Cow Chop House. And one of the things to highlight, and it's a very good point to make, right now the downtown mall is struggling a little bit with its brand image. Yeah. One area that's not struggling with its brand image is Midtown. So if people are somewhat concerned about going downtown and there's a portion of the population that is, that could be tailwinds 
or positive momentum for the businesses on Midtown. Yeah. And I think um, Esquire Aaronworth, the king of Virginia Beach, was very intelligent to put that on my radar because I think that is undoubtedly applicable. You go down West Main Street in Midtown Charlottesville and you see some of the best. Yeah. You see Maya Restaurant, one of the few restaurants in this community where the restaurateurs, Peter Castiglione and Christian Kelly, own the real estate. Yeah. So not only do they own the restaurant, they own the building yeah. and they own the apartment above it, the apartments above it. Daniel Kaufman's got three businesses now. Continental Divide has been in this area for as long as I can remember. Yeah. They've been here 23 years. Mm -hmm. And now you got what is Charlottesville's only steakhouse. Well, South and Central's a steakhouse. So I don't think we should throw, I don't think we should forget, I don't think we should forget uh, Wilson Ritchie's South and Central. But Blackout Chop House is a, a, a steakhouse of, um, traditional, um, of a traditional mindset. Yeah. So South and, South and Central has a mm. South and Central American uh, right. bent for those who don't know. Right. Uh, so it's not quite your traditional steakhouse where you're getting, you know, you're getting a big uh a big uh London broil or uh New York strip. I'm definitely uh eagerly looking forward to uh giving uh Black Cow Steakhouse a try. Uh, Leah Westenberger has got a message for Neil Williamson. She says, I've been to many parties on Brown's Mountain and a few romantic picnics. The lights of Charlottesville at night are absolutely phenomenal. Leah, thank you for leaving that comment on air. Nice. That's in uh, regards to Neil Williamson's sizzle reel on the sale of Jefferson Vineyards. Mm -hmm. I will relay this live on air and tag Neil Williamson. Um, I encourage everyone that's watching this program to cherish the good we have in the community and when it's all said and done that's what we try to celebrate we try to celebrate the good and i know we have some tough conversations like the food incubator from yesterday some folks have said why not give the entrepreneurs a chance well yeah i had a thought about that and uh and again uh i'm i completely agree with you on on how problematic it is that the that it's taking uh, city money and doing what it it's doing, but taxpayer I, dollars, meals tax dollars. Yeah, I still think the uh, I still think the incubator is a good idea. I just uh, I agree with you that the impl implementation is is not is not the best. And you were talking about, uh, or maybe it was a, a comment from someone. Either way, uh, it was something about you know somebody had started a restaurant four years ago, and now we're talking about all these people who are potential uh, potential competition. And four years ago, this guy was potential competition for other businesses, and that's never going to stop. There are always going to be people wanting to start something up, and as we've seen, there are lots of restaurants that are that are choosing to close their doors for for various reasons. And yes, there is a limited amount of what bandwidth for people to uh, to go out to restaurants in town. And you know, if your if your concept's not good enough, you're probably not going to make it. But at least at least allow new people to, uh, you know, to get in the game because four years ago, somebody else didn't have a restaurant. And four years before that, there was some place around here that wasn't open yet. That was potential competition. And some of those places are beloved now. I'm, I'm not opposed to people getting in the game. And I mean, as, as an advertising agency, Mm -hmm. work with startups all the time and help them launch their business. Yeah. I'm opposed to using the taxpayer dollars right. to fund competition. And I'm with you on that. Once, um, once you explained it to me, I, I came on board with you on that. I, I also have this concern. The incubator is focused on black-owned businesses and birthing them. But I doubt this it's is, going to be exclusive to them, is it? Uh, I mean, have you have you read have you read the have you visited the website and seen the marketing collateral? I'll take a look, but no, I yeah, haven't. it's specific for black-owned businesses. Specific. So check out that research, please. Um, I certainly have. 
Um, this is the concern I have. Okay, this is the concern. Our restaurants, the path of generational wealth in a saturated marketplace. Yeah. The success rate of restaurants is not great. Right. Especially when the landscape is very crowded. We have very established restaurants in Charlottesville with name brand superstar chefs that, and I'm not going to name any, but they're struggling to fill their dining rooms on Thursday evenings. Yeah. So if we add more restaurants to the mix, that's just going to spread the customer base even more and make it more thin. Yeah. So my concern is the incubator is about building generational wealth. It's about creating a career path for people. Mm-hmm. Is the career path you want to pursue is the right one with taxpayer dollars, one that is the most competitive in this community. Right. That's another point that has to be emphasized. Should the dollars be spent creating a career path that is not so competitive, a career path that is not so volatile, and a career path that's not so tied to labor shortages, volatile cost of goods, expensive Mm -hmm. rents, um, and and tied to inflation. Um, Just something to consider right there for the viewers and listeners watching this fair and fine talk show. My my counter to that is I I understand where you're coming from, but the people that are going to be heading into this incubator are not, uh, you know, uh, a stern talking to is not going to turn them towards, uh, towards STEM or, you know, uh, some other line of work. Yeah. And so I appreciate the fact that this, uh, um, uh, this leg up is going to be available, whether, whether or not, uh, we agree with how, how it's funded. I appreciate that it exists, and I think that rather than you know say this should be something else, I think we should say somebody should set up something else. Somebody should set up an incubator for uh, uh, for black community members to get into uh, coding or biotechnology or whatever it is uh, for the uh, you know the the big businesses that are coming to town soon. Um, I don't think it has to be one or the other. Uh, my, my, cons- my another concern I have is our most precious commodity is our time. And if we're creating an incubator for folks to launch restaurants, they're going to spend a lot of their time building these brands and these businesses. Yeah. And frankly speaking, the success rate of these brands and businesses upon launch right now is not great. Right. But those people were probably going to try that anyways. And a lot of them are coming out of CIC and we're not trying to, uh, to gatekeep them out of CIC because deciding to open a restaurant is a bad idea. We'll see. We'll see. Um, one thing I think we should follow carefully if I was the city of Charlottesville and I was in city hall or an elected official in city of Charlottesville, I would like to know success rates of the businesses birthed from the incubator. I'd like to know how many made it one year, two years, three years. I'd like to know how many signed leases for brick and mortar storefronts. I'd like to know how many hired from within the community. And I'd like to know the tax revenue that was birthed from this incubator. Yeah, and what I mean by that is, what's the city's as these ROI? businesses, as these businesses are birthed and they're established, will these businesses generate new revenue for the city? Yeah. What's the city's ROI if they're going to be investing? Exactly. In that's what I like to know. Yeah. And I think that's how you hold, um, how you hold it accountable. Right. And those are fair questions. Carol Thorpe has this comment. Jerry, I watched last night's school board meeting via streaming online. And I'm empathetic to their desire for collective bargaining. I presume they want to attract community support. And if so, may I offer a word of constructive advice for the teachers? I, for one, Carol Thorpe says, found them off-putting and unprofessional, as many dressed in red, sneered, and catcalled citizens who spoke on other topics during the public comment section, hmm. specifically Brian Vanyo and Dr. Meg Bryce. They don't have to stand in agreement with what they say, but 
they can't sit and act like adults in their seats, modeling the same behavior they presumably require of students. If teachers want to be seen as professionals, I encourage them to, co to support themselves or comport themselves in public the right way. <coughs> what do you make of that? Yeah, I think that's uh, well put. I think uh, it would behoove us all to, to take that advice to heart in our dealings with uh, whatever it is, uh, from, Excuse me. from school boards to uh, city councils. Um, I think some of the best advice you can give or take is that uh, uh, you, get, you get the respect that you give. You shouldn't expect respect from people if you're not willing to give it to them in the first place. And you may disagree, you may hate someone, but if you're not willing to show them respect, then, uh, then I don't know, take it online. Jerry would say you belong on Reddit. I, well, I'll bring up Reddit here in a matter of moments. Um, Carol, I also heard the cat calls and um, the nastiness um, voiced in the direction of friend of the program, Dr. Meg Bryce. Dr. Meg Bryce is running for the at-large seat on the school board. And when she spoke yesterday at the school board meeting, she spoke about the Meriwether Lewis rebranding and how she felt it was um, disingenuous or she felt that the whole process was rigged. While she was speaking in the two minutes that she was allotted, she was catcalled by the teachers in the audience. She was heckled by the teachers in the audience. And to Carol's point, that's not the behavior that would be tolerated in a classroom when a student gets up and speaks in front of his or her peers. So if we're expecting the right approach and the right behavior in a classroom, that same mindset's got to apply to a school board meeting. Yeah. So I think Carol makes a very good point right there. Definitely. And I also want to applaud Dr. Bryce for having the courage and the chutzpah and the gumption to speak up in front of a room of teachers. Yeah. When she probably knew that she was going to give the two minutes of commentary that she was going to get heckled. Still, she did it. Yeah. That's courage. Yeah, definitely. A lot of people would not do that. Mm -hmm. um, she's running for the at-large seat on the school board. And, and, and I think she has a lot, of, um, qualify, a lot of qualifications to make a good candidate. I truly believe that. Mm -hmm. um, Bob Yarborough is watching the program. He's the king of Redfields. He is getting to know Scott Aaronworth on Facebook. Scott Aaronworth is in the studio, Bobby Yarborough. He says, guys, don't sleep on Orzo. It's top notch. And that space is fantastic. Yeah. Um, he also highlights the quirk. I want to highlight Orzo Kitchen and Wine Bar owned by friends of the program, Ken and Charles. Yeah. Orzo Kitchen and Y Bar is a special place. Romantic, fantastic ambiance. Mm -hmm. The pasta's dynamite. And that wine list is almost second to none locally. And if you want one of the best views in this community, check out Quirk. The rooftop is special. Mm -hmm. Have a cocktail, a cold beer, maybe an appetizer on that rooftop of the Quirk Hotel, and you'll have views in the city of Charlottesville that are second to none. Frankly speaking, from a city of Charlottesville standpoint, I think Quirk has the best views with the, cl with the close second being the Graduate Hotel. And I said, I caveated that by saying the city of Charlottesville. If you're talking Almoral County, very few can beat Carter's Mountain. Now, the tough part about Carter's Mountain is the secret is out. And if you want to go to Carter's Mountain, you're going to be fighting a lot of people to get up there. <laughs> a lot of people to get up there. Multiple people are offering remedies for me. Ah, with my voice. And I very much appreciate you guys. The honey and tea is on the near horizon. Maybe the honey and a little bit of bourbon as well for this evening. Um, Bill McChesney watching the program. Perhaps the example shown last night will be seen by students. They will then wonder why they get called down at school when they behave that way. I think Let's, it's a really fair point. Yeah. I think it's a fair point. We can't expect students in the classroom to act in a certain way when perhaps the teachers are acting differently at a school board meeting that is live streamed and covered by the media. And who knows, it may be, the, uh, it may be parents who are doing the heckling in the, uh, in the meeting who uh, have- It was primarily teachers there. There were very few non-teachers there. 
but some teachers are parents. That's true. My point being that uh, perhaps their kids are the ones who are already acting like that because they've already seen that behavior, uh, which is kind of sad. Regardless, I want to emphasize this, and I don't want to get off the. Uh, I don't want to get off um, my primary point. My primary point, Charlottesville City, is going to empower its teachers with collective bargaining, with a union. If Falmar County does not do the same, it's going to lose veteran teachers. Yeah. And if it loses veteran teachers, the school system is going to become watered down. And if the school system becomes watered down, then that's going to have significantly much more collateral damage. Significantly much more. There's already families, and we've had realtors post this on the feed, that are choosing to move out of the ACPS school system, Amaro County Public Schools, to other school systems because of curriculum concerns, parental parental teacher concerns Mm -hmm. from a communication standpoint, bus driver shortages, you name it. The last thing we need is for this to continue. Ray Cadell, watching the program, said he had lunch at uh, Chang Thai, fairly new, and it's excellent. Thank you, Ray Cadell. Ray, we love your food recommendations on this program. Um, Judah, I want to highlight on today's show um, something that you put on my attention, on my radar, and that was the Downtown Mall Flower Planter Competition. Initially, I was uncertain about highlighting this story. It sounds a little silly at first. That's, but in the grand scheme of things, I think it's up to you and I with this following we have to drive people downtown. Yeah. And anything positive yeah. in this concerning climate for downtown Charlottesville should be highlighted. So why don't we spend a couple minutes highlighting what Friends of Seaville, the nonprofit, is doing to attract people to the downtown mall. Yeah, they're doing a kind of, uh, I mean, I guess you'd call it a... I guess a contest in a way. Um, yeah, it's a contest. It is a contest. Basically, uh, giving giving downtown mall uh, storefronts the uh, the chance to the, the chance to set up a, a flower planter and uh, basically go wild. I mean, it, it still sounds a little silly, but it also sounds like fun. I mean, it's something that uh, that. All the shops in the downtown mall can can participate in, and I think it could potentially, you know, it could potentially do what uh, what the first night did. And we lost first night this year, which is sad, and it's a shame that uh, that the um, the revenue that that usually brings into the downtown mall uh, was lost this year. And if this garners enough attention, then maybe it can bring some of that, uh, bring some of that foot traffic and money back to the downtown mall for uh, for businesses that I'm sure uh, are are in great need of it. Anything positive to get people downtown? Yeah, and it reminds me of uh, it reminds me of some of the great things that uh, that went on in in uh, Savannah and, and I'm and I'm sure up. and I'm sure other places as well I've heard <clears> of uh, I've heard of stuff uh, I've heard of fun fun activities in Asheville uh, like sidewalk art festivals um, Hendersonville where my parents live in North Carolina they have an artwork um, it's like these little bears hmm. and these little bears are uh, painted and each storefront, Hendersonville, North Carolina, has a beautiful downtown mall similar to Charlottesville. And each storefront has a little bear that's painted out front. Yeah. And people can bid on the bears. Hmm. And the money is used for charitable purposes nice. for downtown Hendersonville. Yeah. And it's adorable. Like, people come downtown to see these bears and the artwork. Yeah. It's kind of like if, if when, you drive up, uh, when you drive up past Duck. Uh, North Carolina. Yeah. Going to the Outer Banks. Uh, you see all these all these painted horses, and I don't know how many different people took part in painting them, or you know how they first got set up. They've been there for as long as I can remember going there, and they're just uh, you know they kind of tie everything together. You drive, you know, you're you're heading down the road, this single road, the only way you can go, and along the way you see you see all these painted horses you know just in random places and 
I can't remember where, but there was some place that did something like that with dogs. They had these little like dogs statues, and uh, I think it's just uh, I think it's just something to get people out. And the downtown mall needs it. I was heartened to see uh, to see um, police chief conscious uh, doing a walk and talk up and down the mall. Uh, hopefully, that will lead to um, to more patrolling of the mall people feeling more comfortable coming back to the mall. I know that there are people that, uh, that are currently a little bit, uh, on the, on the scared side to be, um, to be coming down to the mall. Man, Scott Aaronworth has given us whoopie pies. Yeah. I haven't had a whoopie pie since I lived in Maine. Probably. Oh, look uh, at this. You're such a nice guy. <laughs> There's no camera there. Don't worry. You're good. You're, good. You're sure you don't want to come on the show. Yeah. Scott, please. We literally had one of our most prized viewers and listeners go to the pie chest and buy us a whoopie pie, which oh I'm holding goodness. in my hand. Wow. This is from the pie chest that unfortunately is closing. Rachel's closing her business. Rachel and her nice. wife are closing their business to do other things. Yeah. But before they've closed, they close um, the day after pie day. Um, March 14th, oh. 3.14. So the 15th of March, the pie chest on Heather Higher Way is closed. Support this business. Guys, if you watch this show, you know how much I support, and I'm trying to be positive when it comes to small businesses because they're so hard to run. He literally bought Jude and I two whoopie pies. I'm holding it on screen right here. Um, I just Definitely got a text not the message. the whoopie pies I had when I was a kid. I can't wait to eat this. One of the most difficult aspects of doing a talk show like this is not eating the food because then I would be talking with food in my mouth. But thank you, Scott. Yes, thank you, Scott. I got a uh, text message from one of the teachers that was in attendance last night. Mm. She asked for anonymity, but she said I could read this text live on air. She says, Jerry, don't use my name, um, but please know this. There were community members at the meeting last night who also supported collective bargaining from what I could see, the objectionable, the concerning behavior last night was not from teachers. No teacher I know would risk their job by acting that way in public, in a public mm-hmm. meeting, especially knowing we would be undermining our own campaign for bargaining. In addition, Dr. Meg Bryce's points about the, the division not handling the renaming committee are valid. Many county employees who have served on a committee have also experienced being railroaded by the division. Why do you think we are fighting so hard to force them to change? You can say this on air. Just leave my name out of it, please. I respect that comment. Yeah. Um, I was there in the back and wearing a hat, super DL, to watch the meeting. Um, And I will say this. um, I did see... um, a couple heckling teachers, okay? And I don't want the, um, I don't want the focus, which is empowering teachers to be lost by behavior that's, the word is objectable. That's a great, that's a great word for it. Um, There's just too much on the line right now. There's just too much on the line right now. Um, I've, I have yet, I've been on this earth 40 years. I've been in Charlottesville 23. And I've never seen Admiral County Public Schools in this level of volatility or concern. Hmm. And as a father of two young boys, My wife and I talk about this topic often. And we talk about this not only through the lens of being parents, but in the lens of what teachers are going through, what other parents are going through, what bus drivers are going through, and coaches are going through. And we're concerned. We're concerned for the future. I think one of the ways to alleviate that concern is... showing our frontline educators that we have their back. Yeah. That we want what's best for them. 
A lot of folks that are opposed to collective bargaining and unionizing here have this argument. Well, if we allow the teachers to unionize, then that's going to create complacency hmm. or it's going to keep um, poor performing teachers from getting fired or let go from the school system. The reality is that's not going to happen. You don't get into this profession to coast. Yeah. Because if you're going to get into professions to coast, there's much easier professions to coast that pay much better, that have much better hours, and you don't have to deal with emotional children going through puberty I that also, are emotionally volatile. I also hear arguments like uh, similar to that in regards to a lot of, uh, <clears throat> a lot of workers looking for, um, looking for a, fa- a fair deal, uh, to put it simply. And uh, I think that uh, I think that sometimes unions uh, exceed the the bounds of of what they're created for. Um, but for the most part, I think uh, they do a good they do a good thing. They help people um, as they as you know similar to what they're trying to do here, uh, which is to uh, you know get some leverage so that uh so that you can bargain and get what you need and uh workers right workers rights um are are generally a good thing i don't know how you uh argue against that um media outlets that watch this program um for content for your respective publications please continue to cover this story with vigor please Alice Berry is doing a good job with the Daily Progress. And I would love to see NBC 29 and CBS 19 keep this topic in the news cycle. Um, I am concerned that in the next meeting where this is an agenda item, I'd like to see it become more of an action item than just a talking point. And for the teachers that are watching this program, I would very much encourage you to see if you can get this become a reality before the next election cycle. Um, You have four spots on the school board that are up for grabs. And I'm not sure how any election will go. No one can see into the future. But I would imagine you would want this finished before the November election. Because if you wait till after the election's over, then you're going to have to lobby and persuade and convince potentially four new school board members. Right. Um, All right. I, I, I... Sincerely apologize for not having my best ammunition with my voice. I really wanted to talk today's show about underutilized property and potentially seven of the most underutilized pieces of property in the city of Charlottesville. You know, from my standpoint, the city has a, a, a portion of um, a 10.2 square mile city, the city yard off West Main Street, that is being used for pickup trucks and heavy machinery in a public works storage facility. I don't see that as the best use of that property. So we'll talk about that on Monday because it's an important topic. All these topics are so nuanced. And you know what all these topics are rooted in? Hmm. All these topics are rooted in affordability. Yeah. Teachers are worried about affordability. They're worried about quality of life. They're worried about living in the county that they're working in. Can you blame them? Yep. Folks are worried about living in the jurisdiction they work in. Yeah. They're worried about not being able to afford to continue staying here. Yeah. And the really unfortunate scenario is it's getting worse. Yeah. Assessments Jesse, are out of control. Jesse Rutherford had some interesting uh, uh, words to say about the subject um, when he was here. Um, he talked about uh, the age... What was it? Uh, the age of people getting older. Uh, I, I wish I remembered better what he was talking about. It was <clears throat> basically the fact that uh, there was a particular group that uh, that's basically aging and not getting filled in again. Um, and 
I think the case may be similar in a lot of areas. Um, Kelly Jackson watching the program. KJ, you're good people. Um, she says, just pay these teachers more money, treat them with respect, and let them do their jobs. I responded by saying amen. Um, Bob Yarborough says, think of all the tasks, many fraught with possible legal jeopardy, that are newly heaped upon our teachers. Each day, legislator brings up some new bill that requires something from those who lead our classrooms. That enough is reason to come together to create a collective voice. I think unionization is a must. Yeah. I agree. I especially agree since the city of Charlottesville is doing this. We're going to lose them to Charlottesville, folks. It's clear cut. I understand the other side of the equation. Um, Lisa Costello is offering the other side. And Lisa, I very much respect your opinion. She says, are we not putting the cart before the horse with regard to collective bargaining in schools? She says, the atrocious environment in our local public schools has been widely expanded upon with sexual assaults that were videotaped and posted on social media, fights, brawls, and gangs, and gangs have control of the restrooms. It is, a chi- it is to a child's detriment to put them in these public schools. While collective bargaining may be a discussion, is not the current state of schools detrimental to students? Should that be the first item addressed? I think that's, they go hand in hand. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, but if you're suggesting that the teachers wait because the other issues haven't been addressed yet, that's I, I don't think that's uh, fair. Yeah, that's not a fair answer. Kevin Higgins in Greenwood, a suburb of uh, Crozet in Almoral County, get out of the teacher's way before it's too late. I'm going to respond to saying that amen. Anyone who watches this talk show sees someone who is a free market guy, a small government guy, maybe libertarian leading. But my mindset is support frontline people. And it's hard to pigeonhole what I stand for. I stand for property rights. I stand for small government. I stand for affordability. And I stand for supporting small businesses. I stand for creating affordability, diminishing red tape. And I stand for making this place as great as possible. All those qualities is what I stand for. And I want to close the show on this. I'm seeing on social media, in particular Reddit. Subreddit. What's that? Particular subreddit. Folks going, I'd love to bring you in the mix here. Some folks going after a small business owner, Andy Argon. And air squared pizza, a squared pizza. I don't understand the nastiness that is today's culture. Nastiness associated with anonymity and keyboard muscles. People will say things when it's not their face next to the profile in the profile picture, and when it's not their name on the account. They say things that they would never, ever, ever, ever say in person to someone eyeball to eyeball. Hmm. A squared pizza is owned by a good man, a husband and a father, who's trying to share his passion for Detroit-style pizza with this community. Why folks would try to knock this guy or throw shade or insult him or raise red flags, I just can't even appreciate or understand. Mm -hmm. I would ask everyone, and I can't believe I'm saying this, in the words of Nakia Walker, to please do better. Please, please, please do better. Uh, Matt Daring, Matt Daring says he takes umbrage to the comment that putting kids in public schools puts them in danger. I have two kids in city schools and they are both flourishing. I respect that, Matt. Um, And I know, Matt, that you, because I follow you on social media, are incredibly active with your kids. I love watching your photos where you're mountain biking with your son. 
Um, and I love watching the photos where you're championing um, your daughter's artwork. I can tell that you and your wife are very active involved with your kids. And having a two-parent family in today's world, in a lot of ways, is a luxury. It's a luxury. My wife and I are also very active with our two sons. I think we can both agree, Matt, that there are some concerning elements of public schools right now. And I think many of those concerning elements are associated with a, le a leadership team, especially in Almaro County, that is not doing right by those that are on the front line. Um, and I'm so hesitant to go down this road when it comes to the superintendent of Almaro. If things don't change, maybe change is needed at the top of the totem pole. Because we've been dealing this, with this for a long time. And why I'm hesitant to do this is because I, I would imagine that his job is extremely difficult. But the performance I'm seeing in the hallways is not where it should be. Hmm. On tomorrow, or excuse me, Monday show, hopefully my voice is a little bit better. I don't know how we made it through an hour today. Um, on Monday show, I'll talk about the underperforming real estate in this community. I appreciate your patience as we worked hard today to deliver the product the best we could. That's what we try every day. Do the best you can with what you got. And this is the best I could with what I had today. For Judah Wickhauer, my name is Jerry Miller. And for the next 15 minutes, I'm going to enjoy this fabulous whoopie pie. It was a gift from the very generous Scott Aaronworth, the king of Virginia Beach. So long, everybody.